Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers kick off 2022 with a win. They have a winning streak. Will Ferrell is running around naked somewhere in the greater San Diego region. Wait, what? Who said that? So the Lakers kick off 2022 with a 108-103 win at home against a shorthanded Minnesota Timberwolves team. Carl Anthony Towns did not play. Neither did D'Angelo Russell. The Lakers got out-rebounded like crazy, got outworked, quite frankly. Honestly, they kind of sort of deserve to lose this game. Uh, this, this is not a game that they should have been that close in. But you know what? Given the situation and, and given the way that the season has gone so far this year... You just take whatever wins you can get as they come. Yes, it is a little concerning that the Lakers uh, did not attack rebounding with any kind of real vigor tonight. Yes, Russell Westbrook's turnovers uh, were not great, and he didn't play very well over the course of the game. Uh, And yes, I still think even though Uh, Those teams or those lineups with LeBron James at center, even though they have been very good so far this year, the Lakers are going to need something from one of Dwight Howard or DeAndre Jordan this year. And, uh, you know, there are concerns that come from this game, but overall and at the end of the day, just win. Given the way that this season has gone, just win and enjoy said wins when they come. I'm going to start this one with some shout-outs to players who I thought really kind of made the difference in this one. And obviously, you have to start with LeBron. He goes for 26 points, 7 boards, 5 assists, 3 steals, plus 9 on the night, 7 of 15 from the the floor, 3 of 9 from 3-point range, 9 of 12 from the free-throw line. Getting to the free-throw line for 12 free-throw attempts, it seems kind of big. That's one of the things that I think we really have to start paying attention to are those free throw numbers, those free free throw attempt numbers, uh, just because that to me kind of signals that he is really focusing on getting to the basket and, and, and really focusing on being that driving force, that engine for the team. And, you know, quite frankly, the best way that he can do that is just to be a sledgehammer, just to be a wrecking ball on both sides of the court. I thought... Naz Reed was really giving the Lakers uh, serious problems over the course of the game. And then any time LeBron switched on to him, you forgot Naz Reed existed. There were other times where Anthony Edwards was maybe starting to get it going a little bit. And then you would see LeBron switch on to him, and you would kind of forget for a little while that Anthony Edwards exists. And and yeah, it, it's, it's incredible that at age... Uh, 38 now, I believe, uh, now that he just, he just has celebrated his birthday. This, this is a guy who on a night where offensively Russ doesn't have it going, LeBron has to carry that burden on the offensive end. And then on a night where the Lakers just refuse to take care of the offensive, uh, boards or the, the defensive boards, and they refuse to keep Minnesota off of their offensive boards, uh, LeBron carries that burden occasionally on defense too. It's incredible what he is doing right now, and I don't think we should ever take it for granted. Another guy I want to shout out here is Malik Monk. Well, him and Avery Bradley, quite frankly. Bradley has a contract guarantee date coming up at the end of the week, and I don't see an argument. I don't think an argument exists 
that would would refute, hey, yeah, this guy should probably be kept beyond that contract guarantee date. He's knocking down three-pointers at a very respectable rate, very good rate, like just objectively good rate. Uh, maybe he's shooting out of his mind, and maybe he's on a hot streak at the absolute perfect time. But regardless, this is somebody who I think, uh, you know, I, I still think defensively he's a little overrated, uh, both in terms of his league-wide perception and then especially the way that the Lakers use him defensively. But he is one of the few guys who does work his ass off on that side of the court. And then if you combine that with his ability to, to that he has shown so far this year of knocking down three-pointers on offense, this is somebody who the Lakers need to keep around. So shouts to, to uh, Avery Bradley. And then you know Malik Monk here, 33 minutes, 8 of 14 from the field, 4 of 9 from three-point range. Uh, two of two from from the uh, free throw line doesn't grab any uh, rebounds. I don't know if he'll grab very many rebounds over the entirety of the season. Uh, one assist, one steal. He's a bucket. Like that's what he is. He steps out onto the court, and the expectation is to go out there and get freaking buckets, and he does. So, and 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 you know what? I I think he is somebody who should factor heavily into the starting lineup moving forward. And then especially clutch lineups as we go, as the Lakers figure out who they can and cannot lean on this year. Another guy I want to give a shout out to here is Carmelo Anthony. 14 points, 5 of 10 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3-point range. A game high plus 11 on the night. Uh, and it was it's one of those spots, again, where the eye test matches up with the analytic. It This one is... It's pretty simple, really, especially at home, playing in the now Crypto.com arena. Car- Carmelo Anthony is 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 outrageously confident there, and he is the kind of shooter that bends opposing defenses. And given the fact that the Lakers have Russell Westbrook, who doesn't do that and, and really needs that to be able to function at a high level, and given the fact that LeBron needs that to function at a high level— the way that Carmelo Anthony has played so far this year has been legitimately really, really fun. It's one of the better stories of this Lakers season so far. Maybe the best story of this Lakers season. Uh, I also appreciated the like his just general approach to playing on the offensive side of the, of the ball this year. He's taking as many catch-and-shoot three-pointers as he can get. He's limited the number of off-the-dribble mid-range uh, pull-ups. And he is, you know, trying however he can to get to the basket as a cutter. He's, he doesn't have the bounce. He doesn't have the burst to be able to get by guys and get all the way to the basket. And yet he is still taking a respectable number at the rim. You know, a respectable percentage of his shots are coming at the rim. I've just really enjoyed watching Carmelo Anthony play basketball this year. So let's keep that up. All right, so some house cleaning before we get out of here. The Lakers have to make a decision on Stanley Johnson. They have an open roster spot because of the Rajon Rondo trade, uh, so they can just decide to keep him around. I also think it's very notable that Darren Collison, on the last night of his 10-day contract, was did not suit up for the game. I think he's probably either going to retire or the Lakers are going to say best of luck moving forward. I don't think he's going to be a Laker uh, very long beyond tonight, basically. Uh, the other decision that I think the Lakers are going to have to make here, or that we know they're going to have to make here, is Avery Bradley. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, at the end of this week, on Friday, I believe, 
Avery Bradley's non-guaranteed contract becomes guaranteed. I think the Lakers have to guarantee it. He has to stick around. That means, however, that if the Lakers want to be active in the buyout market, that means they are going to have to make a decision on somebody like Kent Bazemore, somebody like DeAndre Jordan, and maybe even Dwight Howard, given the fact that they didn't uh, go to him at all tonight. Frank did offer up an explanation and basically said that they uh, were just throwing the Lakers into the deep end. If they're going to go small and they were getting out-rebounded, he wanted to see the Lakers adjust. They did not, in my opinion. And, and so that is going to be something that now the Lakers have tape of, and they can try to adjust moving forward if they do run into that kind of situation again. But given how bad the Lakers were at rebounding tonight, and given that, look, the Lakers literally are not playing right now a true center, Dwight not being able to quack, crack quack, crack the rotation, DeAndre Jordan not being able to crack the, the rotation is, in my opinion, meaningful. So they are going to have to make a couple decisions here over the course of this week and then especially over the course of the next month or so. And as they make those decisions, uh, they are, I think, one thing really going to have to be honest with themselves about what little DeAndre Jordan has provided to them on the court and if they feel confident that Dwight Howard has anything left in the tank whatsoever. I think Dwight has really benefited from the fact that DeAndre Jordan has been so bad that when Dwight steps onto the court, it's refreshing. But that is not always going to be the case, if, especially if uh, DeAndre Jordan is let go. So they're going to have to make a couple of these uh, decisions over the course of the week. And as they make those decisions, we will have them covered for you here and at SilverskinRoll.com. All right, that's going to do it here for this episode of the uh, Lakers Lowdown Podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. We have some fun stuff lined up for you as we get ready to hit the ground running in 2022. So until we get to all of that fun stuff, have a good one. I'll talk to you tomorrow.